This is an AMI podcast. Hey, Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern time on AMI-tv. It's now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Cities transform in the blink of an eye. The social fabric can change so quickly it needs to be preserved for future generations to explore and understand. Eric Kostiuk-Williams has done just that. He painted a new mural celebrating Toronto's contemporary 2S LGBTQ plus history. The mural is located at the $3 Bill Bar in West Toronto. And Eric is in Studio 7, just a few feet away from me to talk about it. Hey, Eric, thank you for making time this morning. I'm grateful to have you here. Good morning, Dave. Thank you so much for having me. So, Eric, what's the background here? How did this project, this mural, come about? Well, it's kind of the culmination of over a decade of living in Toronto and being an artist and illustrator working in the city. Um, early in my 20s, I started going out to queer establishments in the city, kind of finding myself. And uh, after spending time in the downtown village, I started becoming interested in bars more in the city's West End that uh, took on more of an alternative do-it-yourself ethos, um, often run by younger people and with uh, different, like, drag and art collectives running different parties. Those really came to inspire uh, the work I was making as an illustrator and cartoonist. I started doing poster illustration for these events and comics about my experiences in queer nightlife. And uh, in 2019, I was able to make my first mural for The Beaver, this beloved bar on Queen West, which unfortunately only got to be enjoyed for about a year before uh, lockdown hit oh. and closed everything. Um, uh, for a while, it was uncertain whether The Beaver would survive, but it never ended up opening its doors again. Uh, this took a positive turn more recently, though, where one of the former staff at the Beaver reached out to me uh, and told me they were opening a new bar uh, with other members of the queer community and invited me to make something new for them. Um, so it was really, it was really wonderful to get to do something like this again. I, I have about a million questions based on that <laughs> response, but I want to start with sort of the mural itself and yeah. then get some of the broader stuff. The mural itself. What was that process like for you, and who did you want to feature? What did you want to feature? Yeah, it was a wild process because I got to make it while the owners were still in the process of renovating and building the bar. So we were kind of working in tandem for about a month. Um, I really wanted to highlight Toronto's queer history, um, reaching quite far back to figures from the 1960s, like the trans musician Jackie Shane, uh, who lived in the U.S. but spent time in Toronto in the 60s and actually ended up having a number one radio hit in Toronto called Any Other Way. Um, and her work was kind of reassessed in recent years, and she's been kind of... Um, 
re-celebrated by the queer community, but I wanted to mix that in with more recent references to bars in the West End that have closed recently, like the Beaver and the Hen House, um, which I drew in the mural, kind of represented as a literal beaver and hen dancing together on a light-up disco floor. <laughs> Um, I also wanted to include elements um, musically more recent to Toronto, like uh, The Teaches of Peaches, this uh, seminal album by Peaches, mm. this electroclash musician um, who lives in Berlin now but got her start in Toronto in the mm -hmm. early 2000s mm -hmm. and kind of defined the sound of alternative music for the city and for like North America broadly, I think. Um, I also uh, felt it was important to include depictions of community members we've lost recently in Toronto, um, like Sandy de Almeida and Eric Wetterspoon, who were both two uh, beloved bartenders in Toronto's West End. And Eric was a friend of mine who passed away during lockdown. Um, so it was very, very important to me to get to depict the two of them and I wanted to do so in a way that wasn't overly somber, but more celebrating the impact they had on our lives and to kind of cherish their memories. Um, so yeah, all of it together is uh, in hopes of like, yeah, like celebrating what's come before while we create something new and exciting, you know? Mm. You've said it a couple times here, the, the West End, and I find this to be such an interesting concept because Toronto is gargantuan and sprawling. <laughs> I think that's even an understatement, that Toronto yeah. is gargantuan and sprawling. And there are all these neighborhoods that are sort of named or pigeonholed, right? That people might think of the, the village as Church Street, mm -hmm. or you think of Little Italy as parts of the West End, or Chinatown as part of Spadina. But it really matters to talk about diversity, not just based on a street or a neighborhood, doesn't it? Absolutely, yeah. Um, and it's funny how relative just geographically it gets to. Like it's called, it's been called the West End since the 2000s, but now, of course, the city stretches out so much further. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like relatively speaking, it's kind of central now, yeah. I guess. I always, say, I always say the downtown core runs from the Don River pretty much to Etobicoke at this yeah, point. I'm like, that's much. the downtown core, and it runs all the way up to, uh, to, to Finch Street in the north. But, but, but I do, but I do ask that question with a certain level of earnestness, though, because mm -hmm. there are diverse histories inside of diverse history, right? I, I know when I used to live in Ottawa, uh, Pride Month is in a different month than the Pride Parade. Mm -hmm. And something that one of the local organizations did was a walking tour of downtown of notable historical events that maybe you might not get mm. during the parade season or during, uh, during, during those different components. And it's a reminder about the people and the places that might not be maybe as institutionally recognized mm -hmm. as maybe the community more broadly. Absolutely, yeah. That's something um, I focus on a lot in my work, both with this mural and more broadly, is just, um, uh, yeah, taking down that history and celebrating it. Because as you said, it's not guaranteed to be preserved by traditional means. It's often kind of, especially with queer history, it's often up to us to record it ourselves and to pass it down and let people know all that was happening. Um, and I find with Toronto's queer history, 
we're often, and in Canada broadly, we're often quick to defer to bigger, like, American icons and elements of queer history. But I don't know, I think it's really important to celebrate all that we've accomplished, um, especially since I find the tone in Toronto, understandably, can be a bit pessimistic with how quickly things change yeah, yeah. and how much we're losing. Um, I think that's important to recognize and criticize, but I also want to celebrate the things we've accomplished. Yeah, it, 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 the city changes fast, right? And as mm -hmm. you said, what maybe used to be the West End is now just an extension of the downtown core, and the condos <laughs> yeah. are coming, and the office buildings are coming. Eric, you touched on it a bit there, but I think it's worth exploring a little bit further about you as an artist. What does it mean to be an artist in a city? Oof. Um, I'm so grateful to be doing it, um, because the city doesn't make it easy for us, certainly. Um, it's, it's very difficult to do it full-time um, and in a way that's uh, sustainable. Um, it's something that I've worked towards for over a decade. Uh, but by the same token, it's, it's a really wonderful city to be making art in because um, of the diversity and the size. Like, there's people from all over the world connecting and kind of sharing their cultural history and influences. Um, so I've lived here for 15 years, almost half my life, and I'm still finding myself really inspired and rejuvenated by just, like, all the new stuff coming in and how much there still is to explore and investigate. So there's a lot to it, yeah. It, the, Toronto, for as much as I mock it, I've lived here for about three <laughs> years now, three and a half years, I mock it a lot. I try really hard, especially oh, right because too. this is a national television <laughs> show. It's really important that the people out there know that this isn't just a Toronto-focused show. Yeah. But I will give Toronto its flowers. There yeah. is art and culture here in a significant way that isn't just happening at the Air Canada Centre or the <laughs> Rogers Centre, right? It's not just Van Halen playing a show yeah. at a stage. There is a thriving, thriving art culture in this city. I agree, yeah. And you, you sometimes have to look kind of hard for it um, yes. just because it, it, finds, it finds strange little crevices to exist in uh, just because people are always being displaced from venues and having to innovate in new ways. Yeah, and that there's potentially a million things going on on any given Friday night, right? Sure. You need to sort of find your subcultures, which can be difficult to do because there's literally so much noise. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, uh, Eric, one last question here, and I, I probably should have uh, kept on the mural for another moment here. What's been the community response since it got unveiled? A couple of, it's been a couple months, right, since it got unveiled? Oh, a yeah, weeks? a couple weeks, actually. Yeah. It's been, uh, yeah, the bar opened finally a couple weeks ago, and it's been really overwhelming in a positive way already. Um, uh, yeah, I've gotten a lot of messages from people saying how much it means to them and appreciating the specific references to community members who've passed away and to venues we've lost. Uh, it means so much to connect with people over it just because my practice is often very solitary. You're kind of hunched over drawing on a little yeah. piece of paper or a wall in this case. Uh, so it's really gratifying to get to share it with people at the end of the day and have conversations about it. Eric, where can uh, folks follow along with your work? Oh, yeah. I am pretty active on Instagram at eric.k.w. Um, and I keep a website as well at causticwilliams.com.
Eric, thank you so much for taking the time to come in today. I'm really glad to hear the murals receiving uh, nice feedback and keep up the excellent work. Keep oh, the keep the culture you. in the city vibrant. Somebody's <laughs> got to do it, so I'm I counting on you. <laughs> I'll try. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. That's Eric Kostiak-Williams, a Toronto artist and illustrator. Elizabeth Moeller is here with the Weather Report. Elizabeth, it's a chilly day in southern British Columbia. It, it is. Today in southern British Columbia, the weather is going to be quite messy with a mix of snow, freezing rain, and heavy rain. I think we should just call it snain and call it a day. A low-pressure system is moving in, bringing lots of moisture to the region. And while it won't be an atmospheric river per se, some areas can get up to 70 millimeters of rainfall along with mountain snow and more freezing rain, theme of the day. Along the coast, temperatures will remain mild, keeping snow levels relatively low in the coastal mountain passes. Freezing levels are expected to be above 2,000 meters. However, further inland in the valleys, cooler temperatures may cause freezing rain this morning, creating slippery and slidey conditions before warming up to the good old rain. Eastern highway passes might see up to 15 centimeters of snow, leading to hazardous driving conditions and travel delays, so do take care there. And many ski resorts in the province are eagerly awaiting this snowfall as they, their opening days are see, just that's, weeks that's, away. You see, that's the good, that's, that's the good that's news, the good Elizabeth, news, right? right? Like, it's, 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 it's not all slippery roads and take care out there. <laughs> yes, the skiers in British Columbia are the delighted. Skiers. Absolutely. And this fresh snow is really going to contribute significantly to that snow pass, which is going to be adding to that excitement for that upcoming skiing season. I want to try some cross-country skiing this season, Dave. Never done it. Maybe not in BC, but I want to try it. <laughs> yeah, it'd be a long flight just to do a little cross-country. Uh, <laughs> move, move to Ottawa. People it cross would be cross-country. That yeah, would that, be cross-country. The cross-country flying, though. Don't, 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 <laughs> don't, don't cross-country ski all the way to a BC. I won't, Go, I won't, going I through the Rockies would be tough. Elizabeth, thank <laughs> Thank you for this. You're welcome, Dave. That's Elizabeth Moeller with the Weather Report. Coming up next, Parasport New Brunswick has a new botcha program. Community reporter Natalie Fougere will roll out the scoop. This is Now with Dave Brown on AMI-tv. Dave Brown here. If you enjoy this podcast portion of our show, remember you can watch it live every day at 9 a.m. Eastern Time on AMI-tv. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts.